And now, a Blaze Media podcast. Well, 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 welcome to Chewing the Fat. How in the world are you? It seems that our friend, Kanye West, says he no longer supports President Trump. Kanye revealed in an interview with Forbes that he will run for the position of President of the United States under his own party, the birthday party, and he no longer supports the president. He said that he will receive guidance from Elon Musk and his wife, Kim Kardashian West. I'm telling you, this is a way to get Joe Biden elected president. I think. I think. Others have said that this will take votes away from Joe Biden and it gets President Trump elected. Okay, fine. I like the sound of that better, but just know you have the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the Independent Party, and the Birthday Party. I also, I see where uh, hashtag R.I.P. Ellen is trending because, uh, well, they've created a rumor that her talk show is going to be canceled. Uh, good luck. Good luck. God bless. That show makes way too much money. Sure, the ratings are low, and we've talked a little bit about that and gone through some of the numbers in the past. But uh, good luck. God bless. Uh, no way. I know she's mean. I know. I know, and there's, I saw where uh, one big tweeter uh, said, respond to this tweet with the most insane stories you've heard about Ellen being mean, and he'll match everyone with $2 to the LA Food Bank. It's Kevin T. Porter. And uh, of course, his tweet is, right now, we all need a little kindness, you know, like Ellen DeGeneres always talks about. She's also notoriously one of the meanest people alive. And then, of course, respond with the most insane stories. And he'll match that response with $2 to the L.A. Food Bank. Apparently, thousands of responses. Uh, I couldn't bring myself to go through them. I know that uh, a couple of the responses talked about her getting a waitress fired for having chipped fingernails um is she a mean person you know i don't know there were reports you know people have reported they've been on the show and she was cold and the workers and by cold i don't mean uh you know temperature wise and that uh the workers were overworked I mean, okay. It could have been a bad day. Yes. It happens. You're there. You're there to do a show. Ellen's tired. She got into a fight with the wife or the husband, whichever they refer to each other as. And, uh, you know, then we've got to do this interview. So the workers are on edge and, you know, you're there for a bad day. Okay. Um, you know, apparently you can't look her in the eye. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't believe it. 
Did she get a waitress fired for having chipped nail polish? <laughs> I hope so. Because you can't have that. You can't. You cannot live. I don't want to go to a restaurant. I don't want to go. In fact, I don't want to go to any store that has someone serving me with chipped nail polish. You need to respect yourself and respect me more than that. Okay. <laughs> So, uh, I mean, okay. And even if she is, let's say, let's, let's, for example, let's say she really is a bad person. She doesn't come across that way, uh, you know, on TV and, you know, her shows are, you know, doing great and she makes everybody a bunch of money that's uh, affiliated with her. So, and she's one of the insiders of Hollywood, television, films, uh, comedy specials, uh, syndicated shows, money, gay. She's one of your own and you're going to eat her alive. (laughs) Welcome to 2020. And by welcoming you to 2020, have you been following any of the Johnny Depp stuff? He is, uh, you know, look, he's a, he's a strange cat as it is. He may have gotten someone fired one time for not having, uh, uh, well-kept fingernails. (laughs) The nail polish could have been chipped at a restaurant that he went to and he could have gotten that person fired male or female. So there's all kinds of stories coming out between he and Amber Heard. And then there's another lawsuit where he's suing uh, Sun, right? Over uh, an article of calling him a uh, wife beater. And I was reading another story. And that story that, I, that I'm talking about now where he said he gave pot cannabis to his 13-year-old daughter. Because he knew that uh, the stuff he had was trustworthy and good quality. Well, duh. And that was all part of this uh, lawsuit with the Sun's publisher. Now, he claimed that uh, he wanted her to try the drug for the first time as a responsible parent with the cannabis that he supplied. Uh, He didn't want his teenage daughter smoking marijuana in an uncontrolled environment and going into some sort of paranoid tailspin. And he knew his own stash was trustworthy. I mean, who among us? Who among us hasn't felt that way? (laughs) He discussed the decision with their mother, uh, another ex of his, Vanessa Paradis, questioned about the incidents in the uh, in the lawsuit. I'm not sure why that would have anything to do with the lawsuit of being a wife beater unless, you know, it's the drugs are proving that he's, you know, a wife beater. But he said my daughter was 13 years old and we all know it. We all know this. At 11, 12 and 13 years old, when you go to a high school party, you're approached by people who will want to give you a drink because they're drinking at 12 and 13, doing cocaine at 12 and 13, smoking marijuana at 12 and 13, doing ecstasy and doing many, many drugs. My daughter was at a party and someone passed her a joint to her. She was just 12 and she didn't know what to do. I said, listen, sweetheart, if you're at a party and someone hands you a joint, take the joint from the person and pass it to the next person. 
please don't experiment with drugs with people you don't know. He said that he feared the drugs could be laced with other substances. When you're really at a moment in your life, when you are past the joint and you really want to try it, please do the honor of coming to me when you're ready and you really feel you are ready. I don't want your first experience to be with people you don't know, taking things you don't know that you don't trust. It's a safety issue. It's a father worried about his daughter in this kind of situation. When she came and said, we are ready. I knew the most important thing for a child. If you're going to do something like that, I'd rather have them be honest with me and be honest with them. So she doesn't go out there and do things and hide them from me. I want her to trust me. And if my daughter says she was ready, well, she was ready. I want to make sure the settings were perfection. Put on family TV, fill the refrigerator with ice cream, fill the freezer, make a situation where the experience is a pleasant experience as possible. I don't want my 13-year-old daughter going into some sort of paranoid tailspin. I knew the marijuana I had myself, that I smoked myself, is trustworthy and good quality. Now, he told the court that he'd tried most drugs, but not ketamine. Uh, And he said he recognized that marijuana has its dangers. If this is wrong in your eyes, I appreciate what you think. But I was raising a daughter and I was being a responsible parent so far as I'm concerned. So who among us? Who among us can't say that? (laughs) Right? Right. Uh, Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And then he's got the Amber Heard stuff uh, going on. And they talked about uh, their relationship and what a strained relationship that was. Uh, From day one. And they talked about a situation where uh, Heard uh, had done number two in their bed as a prank. (laughs) Uh, Now that's a funny prank. I don't care who you are, right? Oh, you laugh. (laughs) Oh, someone that she claimed that it wasn't her and it was just a harmless prank. Uh, So right there, you can tell what a loving caring relationship they had Depp accused her Amber Heard of being a calculating narcissistic sociopath who married him just to further her acting career how'd that go how'd that go how'd it go to further Johnny Depp's acting career either way though uh, they both were together using each other to further their acting career right right and, and you can tell, I mean, love. Would you, th- would you think of your wife or husband and you think to yourself, I need to do a prank on them. What can I do? Oh, I know. I'll go to the bathroom in the bed. That'll be funny. <laughs> uh, perhaps you need to revisit that relationship. I'm not a professional relationship expert. I play one on this podcast. But clearly, I mean, with this story... I know that I'm, you know, I'll need to, you know, hit the books and to my, with my relationship counseling books 
and see where we need to go because to me just as off the top of my head I would say that someone doing that in their marital bed for a prank needs just a little thought persuasion that it's not a prank and thus comes the fact that Johnny Depp was you know beating Amber Hood or Heard uh okay uh Depp was claiming that uh, she uh she was hitting him so again a loving relationship loving we need some kind of fair music some kind of fair music on the show that's just uh, some kind of little fair music <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a little carnivalish, but it's you know fair music. That's fine. Uh, that's fine. Um, the state fair. No, before I break this to you, you may want to sit down if you're not sitting down already. Uh, if you're sitting down, get a you know a Kleenex or a napkin or whatever you whatever you need to dry your eyes. Uh, the state fair of Texas uh, has been canceled. I know. I know. And I'm sure it's not the only state fairs that are going to be canceled. Uh, no doubt about it. Uh, so, I mean, I live in Texas, so I, this is the state fair I hear about. And it takes place in, you know, my neck of the woods where I live uh, in uh, the Metroplex, DFW. But uh, if you have state fairs in your area that are being canceled, email me chewing the fat of the blaze.com and let me know. And then I'll, I'll get the highlights of that particular state fair. And, uh, I'm happy to talk about it. I love state fairs and it's only been canceled. This particular fair, the state fair of Texas has only been canceled eight times in its 134 years. Uh, two world wars. Sure. Went to shut down for the two world wars. That's all. Uh, you know, don't worry about it. Now they're trying to, you know, say that it's, uh, because of the pandemic. And of course that's, that's why the fair environment, we can't predict the COVID-19 pandemic will look like in September. So we're just going to cancel it and be done with it. That's all. Okay. All right. No problem. Thank you. I mean, look, it was canceled in 1918, uh, near the end of World War One, to make way for a military encampment. Oh, that was that was nice of the government. We'll just take over the fairgrounds for a military encampment. From 35 to 1937, uh, when the Texas oh they something else was going on. They made the Texas Centennial Exposition and the Pan American Exposition took over at the fairgrounds. Got it. So it wasn't technically a fair, but there was still an event there. And then in 1942 and 1945, during World War II, uh, when the fairgrounds morphed into a housing unit for American Armed Forces. Ah, and again, the government just says, hey, we're going to take it over. Tough loss for you. Uh, it's a, You know, the impact financially is huge, right? I mean, uh, in 2017, they did a study for uh, the economic impact, and they said that it was... Uh, between 410 and 499 million dollars wow that's a lot of money i mean last year the fair drew two million five hundred and fourteen thousand six hundred and thirty seven people 
during the month-long run. It's almost a month long, I guess, uh, you know, September into October. Uh, so I don't know what you're going to, there's not going to be any food. Nobody's going to be making any money. Apparently Fletcher's corny dogs are the, uh, the big draw for the, uh, 78 years since, uh, Fletcher's family has served the original corny dogs to the state fair of Texas. They're going to still be doing that though. They're going to go around the Dallas forward Metroplex, uh, different areas and you'll be able to get the corny dogs. I don't know why they don't do that anyway, but what do I know? Um, it's incredible though, that, uh, things are just getting canceled, canceled that are worth so much money. I mean, uh, comic con in San Diego is, uh, not going to happen. Wow. Uh, that's, that's huge too. Uh, I just find it. Look, what if we, and I heard this idea on, uh, on a local radio show and I thought that is ingenious. Okay. So what if we all get a mask that says protest on it or protester on it? And then we just go to the fair. We just open these places up, open these events up. The events could still take place and we'll still wear the protester mask. And I think we could all make a fortune. When I say all, I mean me. Uh, Make a fortune selling protest or protester masks what do you think we could get truckloads of masks shipped in and we sell them and if you come back a second day and you have your protester protester mask you can go ahead and get in but if you don't i got them for sale right over here we can make a fortune at all these events hello so according to this uh minnesota iowa has Indiana has canceled their state fairs and I'm sure there's I'm sure there's many more uh, canceling their state fairs already uh, this year so like I said um, dry your eyes and just know that we'll do our best to open it back up in 2021 and make it the best darn fair ever bigger stronger better than we ever were before okay okay go ahead and play some of that carnival music i mean fair music again and uh get us out of this okay okay Have you tried the new watch party uh, apps for your streaming accounts? I mean, we have uh, Amazon Prime Video that you can uh, select the new watch party icon. Uh, Netflix has a new uh, app that they can have their little party on. with. It's called Scener, S-C-E-N-E-R. Uh, HBO has that same uh, account with Scener. Hulu has a watch party icon on select titles. Don't think you're just going to watch anything you want on Hulu with more people than uh, is in your own household. Uh, We'll tell you which ones you can watch with select titles. Now, Hulu's app uh, lets eight people 
and you have to subscribe to no ads and or no ads plus live people hbo oh, i mean of course you have to be a you know duh oh what i can't watch i can't be a party if i'm not a subscriber to the to the thing no you can't uh hbo lets up to 20 people uh netflix 20 people uh amazon prime up to a hundred, not to be outdone by Netflix and HBO. Up to a hundred with their app. So uh, I don't know. We may have to try that on chewing the fat. Have a chewing the fat watch party on uh, Amazon Prime, or uh, you know, we just have a select few have a watch party on HBO and or Netflix, or maybe even a selector few. Fly first class, and we'll do a Hulu watch party with only eight people. So you never know. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. We we talked about doing it when they when it first rolled out. I just I wish they'd all be. I wish I'd be still be able to share. Um, you know, like I wanted the cable boxes to do. These apps should be able to do it, right? If you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, and I watch something on Amazon Prime, I should be able to send you an alert that says, "Hey, doofus, watch this on Amazon Prime." Oh, and I should be able to do that on Netflix, HBO, Hulu, whatever app it is. And say, hey, doofus, why don't you watch? Why don't you watch this? Uh, apparently, there's some uh, tricks to uh, some of the party apps that are doing it. I don't know that Scener is the only one. I feel like there was another one that I read about as well. And uh, you had to, uh, you know, everybody has to log in. And then if you don't have the right icon, uh, turned on then somebody new comes in if they're in late then it resets the show back to the beginning uh you gotta have uh, you know the host is the one that's able to control pause and play which i like uh and then there's other apps that you can sign in on and or you have to update your app that they're using for uh you know for the comments and just it seemed like it might get a little clunky, but maybe not. I, I, I want to try it and see if it doesn't, because it would be fun. It would be fun if it doesn't get clunky, right? Um, Walmart, roll, speaking of subscriptions, uh, Walmart rolling out its new subscription service later this month. Okay. Uh, the service reportedly, we'll see what they charge, the service reportedly is going to cost $98 a year. All right. So you're going to get, uh, for $98 a year, you get same day delivery, reserved delivery slots, notifications when those slots are available and some other perks that they, that they don't mention. Okay. Uh, you know, they definitely are trying to go up against, uh, Amazon subscription service. No question. Um, we'll see. We'll see if that, uh, you know, if that works. Look, uh, right now, uh, using Walmart and their pickup service works pretty good. Uh, you have their app and you order your stuff and they bring it out to your car. I like it. Uh, you can do that at Sam's Club as well. And, uh, they bring it out to you and I like it. Problem is... A lot of times, the slots they don't have, you know, I think that they need a, more slots to open up. Um, Walmart's pretty good time-wise. Uh, there's, you know, they multiple, uh, multiple times are open throughout the day. 
Uh, so you can pick and choose. And if I want something, you know, tonight, I can order and pick it up, you know, tomorrow at a certain time. And some days are busier than others. I got it. But Sam's Club seems to be the worst as far as uh, having to wait. So if you are going to place a Sam's order, uh, I would place it knowing that you're not going to be able to get a delivery time for at least a couple of days, at least in my neck of the woods. But I do like it. I love the service. Uh, only, only, uh, the only downfall is a lot of times if they're out of something, they may give you a replacement product. Obviously, you don't have to take it. Uh, they'll tell you about it. Uh, or they don't have the product. Or maybe Billy couldn't find the product, so they just tell you they don't have it. Uh, and and one, a couple of times at Sam's Club, they would say, no, nah, we're out of this. But they're not really out of it. Like, they said, we're getting a shipment in now. So if you were to go in the store, the product would be there, right? So, I, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it, I, Overall, my experience has been really good with, uh, you know, Walmart. And, of course, Sam's is part of the, you know, the Walmart world. Uh, it's been really good with the ordering online. I come and pick it up. I'll bring it to my car. Have a nice day. I like it. All right, let's go to the break room. I need a drink of ice cold water as it is. Feeling a little parched. Ice cold water I needed. So, uh, some reminders. Uh, First, Subscribe to this podcast, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. Uh, please choose whatever platform warms the little cockles of your hearts. Spotify, iTunes, and subscribe to Chewing the Fat. And then you can rate and review it, uh, you know, at your leisure. But, uh, and that helps other people find the podcast as well. So I appreciate when you do that. But first and foremost, subscribe to the podcast. Now, one of the things that you can do to help uh, this podcast is to become a Blaze Television subscriber, Blaze TV subscriber. So if you go to uh, blazetv.com slash Jeffy, J-E-F-F-Y, you can uh, use the promo code Jeffy at the end and get a great deal. Or I see where uh, Glenn is still hawking his fight the mob, giving you the the 20, is it $20 or 20% off? Uh, Just use the, you know, promo code fight the mob and you'll see a great deal but most importantly you're subscribing to blaze tv which in turn being part of the blaze podcast network and giving it to you for free uh helps stay alive and we're going to need more voices believe me they are coming to silence voices we see more and more every single day so it's most important that you uh that you keep your hooks in to something that's going to, you know, tell you the truth. I mean, that's what we do here. We tell you the truth. And sometimes that hurts, but you know, other times, eh, you know, it's good to know. It's good to know that it's the truth. So become a subscriber with that. I mean, you know, like look, for example, Facebook execs uh, met with civil rights leaders promoting the current advertiser boycott over the company's hate speech policies. Now, at least one civil rights leader was not satisfied with Facebook's response. Now, Sheryl Sandberg, the COO of Facebook, promised that it will improve its response to hate speech. Okay. 
Uh, of course, she said Facebook has to get better at finding and removing hateful content. And they're, they're doing that. They are finding and removing hateful content. And just I struggle with what they consider hateful. In fact, I would prefer that they don't, they don't decide what's hateful and what's not. I would prefer that I do that. But, you know, if you think that what they're deciding is hateful speech is good for you, then uh, good for you. And I would say that for the most part, their hateful content is not going to be your hateful content. And even if it is hateful content in your mind, do you want it banned? Well, it's not banning it. It's just not putting it on this platform. Oh, okay. All right, good. Just another reason. That's all I'm saying. Just another reason to be a subscriber to blazetv.com. That's all. And be a subscriber to Chewing the Fat Podcast. Just saying. I mean, a U.S. federal court just granted Microsoft permission to seize and take control of malicious web domains. Now, those web domains are, uh, I guess, used to target and defend def- defraud individuals and businesses in 62 countries with fake emails taking advantage of coronavirus pandemic. Okay. I mean, it's for the safety. It's for the children. It's for the kids. I get it. But I still... Uh, what I, what I read out of that is they're seizing and taking control of web domains. That's what I read. <laughs> okay. But it's for the safety of the children. And how about the kids? And how about... Okay. All right. I know. I know. I know. I know. I get it. Oh, and uh, don't forget, I'm still getting your emails. For those of you busy catching up on the podcast... Still getting your emails on the happy moments of life. You can listen to Monday's show. And I told you, you know, happy get a car story in Florida. That was, you know, just a, one of my happy stories. And, and at that moment in time was a, you know, a tremendous happy moment in my life. And I would like to hear from you and with what was a particular story for, for you. And you could email chewing the fat at the blaze.com. I will make those probably into a show uh whether it be for youtube oh my gosh did i mention that you can subscribe to my youtube channel chewing the fat with jeff fisher too i didn't well you should and uh, you know as long as you look if you're drinking your coffee and you're listening to chewing the fat subscribe to the podcast and then i mean you're already online and you're sipping your coffee you might as well subscribe to chewing the fat youtube channel as well right okay thank you get that over with and then, uh, so I'm either going to do that on YouTube or I'll make a special uh, podcast uh, for a set, maybe a Saturday show on, uh, you know, happy stories. But uh, the ones coming in are great. Thank you. Email them, chewingthefat at theblaze.com. And if you're not sure, you know, what kind of happy story? You mean like when I had my kids and it was my favorite moment? If that is the only happy moment of your life, yes, that's what I want to know about. But it probably isn't. And if you go back and listen to uh, my story about getting a car in Florida, you know what kind of story I'm looking for. Okay? All right. We done? Not quite. We are going to, you know, play a little music, but we're not done. 
So there's still things happening around the world, uh, dealing with the coronavirus, dealing with the pandemic that's going on. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, do you? Okay. All right. Good. Uh, I know I'd like to see what's happened. I know Miami-Dade County shut down again, kind of. I mean, they wanted to shut down completely, and then uh, they backed off that. So, you know, even if they didn't back off, would the businesses uh, open anyway? I think so. I think we're, I think we're there. I think we're at a point now where whenever government leaders say, uh, lock it down, you're going to face great resistance from the business community. And you should. I know that's, I mean, Governor Abbott talked about it. He has been uh, under tremendous pressure, right? He did his mask mandate uh, last weekend for Texas. And they he's either getting hit with, what in the God's name are you doing? That is my decision. And, you know, businesses are saying, well, everybody's got to wear a mask, so you got to wear a mask. But if I want to go outside, then I don't want to have to wear a mask. It's my decision. Well, it still is your decision, right? And you can be fined or you can be warned. There's plenty of sheriff departments around the state that are not, uh, and, and around the country, really, that aren't going to enforce it. So if you want to, you know, go outside and not wear a mask, go ahead. If you're in a group of people and you aren't wearing a mask, that's your that's your deal. You still have a choice. But he was did an interview and talked about uh, a lot of the local county and city heads that are still trying to lock it down, lock it down. We want our power back, lock it down. And he's saying, uh, no, that's not going to happen. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think that we need, I think we just need to be told, look, uh, look around. People are still getting sick, but this is America and we need to get back to business. So get back to business safely, as safe as possible. You have to be around a bunch of people, wear a mask. If you have a health issue and can't wear a mask, don't wear a mask. If you don't want to wear a mask, don't wear a mask. But it's up to you, right? It's up to you to make that decision. And businesses can make that decision separately as well. I certainly wish some of the businesses would adhere to the actual mandates by, uh, you know, saying that uh, you have to wear a mask in our in our business and then they all have the disclaimer and we've talked about it here as well where you know if you have health issues you don't have to wear a mask but they don't care and they don't ask really you don't wear a mask you don't get in and that's just the way it is and uh, my wife is one of those people so uh you know we get you know delivery picked up uh just that's just the way it is right i mean so you know things we adapt it's okay we adapt but uh, we'll see. I mean, businesses reopened in May. They set a record uh, in U.S. hiring. We saw the numbers come through. They were great. But now they're trying to be closed back down again. So we'll see what happens. Uh, you know, I, I seriously believe that these businesses are going to say, no, we're going to be open. And look at the, who's the ones making the stands, the gyms. 
the the GYMSs of the world. I mean, good for them. They shut down and locked down, and they're at least saying, hey, you have a choice, right? Come here and work out, or don't come here and work out, but we got to be open. And they're the ones making the biggest stink. That's, uh, you know, good for them. Good for them. We see other cities around the world, though, uh, in, uh, in Israel. Uh, the top public health official quit over the government's handling of the new spike in cases. Uh, they closed businesses once again, bars and gyms, due to the outbreak. Uh, Australia shutting down Melbourne. I mean, locking it down again. And they said the measures are going to go into effect and will last six weeks. They're not even saying, well, we'll lock it down for two or three weeks and then we'll, you know, slowly back open. Australia saying, uh, Melbourne, six weeks. Wow. Sweden, uh, I guess, you know, they didn't shut down during the original, you know, coronavirus spread scare, but uh, they're still economically suffering but so is the whole world i mean when you shut down the world hello it was definitely we know we live in a world economy despite what we want to think and how bad it is it's a world economy and that's what we've created so when you shut down countries uh the economy takes a hit no matter how you do uh sorry that's just the way it is this is an amazing thing though i didn't know this um southeast asia Laos, Cambodia, Vietnam, and Thailand, according to this, are success stories in controlling the virus. Thailand has only reported 58 deaths. What is going on there? What is going on in Southeast Asia? Are they reporting it? and Are they just like China and not reporting it? Uh, that is, uh, we need to, you know, do some do some investigating into why that is. <laughs> and we get back to the U.S. Uh, about 9% of the workers at meat and poultry processing facilities in 14 states have contracted the coronavirus. Okay, that's according to the CDC. How is it that 9% of the workers, all right, uh, that have contracted coronavirus in the meatpacking and poultry business is going to shut down the business all we heard was that they were going to shut down they were going to shut down the meatpacking industry that's it it's all over it's all over they're getting sick we're not going to have any meat nine percent at in 14 states i mean i would think that the industry would be able to withstand a nine percent worker loss and still, uh, and still be able to uh, process. That's just me. That's just me. I, you know, I'm not a CDC numbers guy. One, uh, one little fact out of that, though, that nearly nine in ten of the sixteen thousand workers at the processing facilities who have contracted COVID nineteen were in racial and ethnic minorities, according to the CDC. That's an interesting little stat. Now, I, it doesn't say what percentage 
of workers at the processing facilities are racial and ethnic minorities. I'm guessing, and this is just a thought. I have no idea. I don't, I don't know officially what the numbers are, but out of, let's say a hundred percent of the workers at those meat processing facilities are, I'm guessing 80% are racial and or ethnic minorities. That's just me. What do I know? Download and subscribe to more content at theblaze.com slash podcast. All right. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I just, a, a quick, <laughs> I'm going to find out more uh, tonight, but uh, as, a, as I look into this, but uh, I said, you know, 90% of the, uh, of the meat packing workers were of, uh, what's the thing that they called them? racial and ethnic minorities. And I, I said, I'm willing to bet that it's 90%. Well, in 2003, in 2003, there were 41.5% of Hispanics worked in the meat packing, uh, meat packaging. Uh, 4.1% were Asian and 12.7% were black. So you're looking at 45, 55, 58% were of racial and ethnic minorities in 2003. So I'm probably not that far off, but I'll find out for you. <laughs> I'll find out for you because I, I have to know. I know. Don't look at me like that. It's just a thing that I have to know. Okay. How, uh, how's your racism coming along? Uh, you think, I mean, really, how do you think? You think, are you, do, you, do you believe you're racist? See, I don't believe I am. I was raised around a lot of people that were. And I remember, I remember as a kid hearing my relatives, you know, my uncles and my cousins uh, say, you know, and distant relatives and we get together for these agonizing family reunions, uh, say things that I would, even as a kid, like, wow, <laughs> you guys are out of your minds or, uh, aunt Betty is out of her mind. All right. Well, that's the way they were raised. And so we've come, uh, you know, we've come a long way, baby. Well, now, uh, a growing number of women are now paying to confront their privilege and racism for only about 2500 bucks. That's not bad. It's called Race to Dinner. So a white woman volunteers to host a dinner in her home for seven other white women. Could be strangers. Could be acquaintances. Uh, each dinner is about 2500 bucks. So you can either pay for it yourself or, you know, have everybody pitch in and you're going to be part of a frank discussion. And this is, this is how they represent it in this article, a frank discussion led by co-founders, Regina Jackson, who is black and Sierra Rao, who identifies as Indian American. And they started the race to dinner challenge to, uh, 
liberal white women to accept their racism, however subconscious. If you did this in a conference room, Rouse says they'd leave. But wealthy white women have been taught never to leave the dinner table. Have they? Have they? Now, Rao and Jackson believe white liberal women are the most receptive audience because they're open to changing their behavior. Now, they don't bother with the 53% of white women who voted for Trump. No, you don't want to do that. You don't want to bother with the people who you actually believe are the most racist people in the world. Don't bother with them. We want to go with people who are, you know, feels like they're on our side and we want to prove to them that they're really not on our side until after they pay us money. Anyway, they don't bother with the 53% of white women who voted for Trump. White men, they feel are similarly a lost cause. White men are never going to change anything. If they were, they would have done it by now. (laughs) Ha! Wow. So, white women, on the other hand, you know, liberal white women, are uniquely placed to challenge racism because of their proximity to power and wealth. If they don't hold these positions themselves, the white men in power are often their family, friends, and partners. Wow. This does not sound uh, fun. I, I would like to go to one. I'm not a white woman. So, I'm not a liberal white woman. So, I don't know what I can do. Now, I read an article that told me the, the, the article was entitled, Dear White People, Here Are Ten Actions You Can Take to Promote Racial Justice in the Workplace. And I thought, well, okay. Let me give it a try. What ten things can I do? Number one, I can get to know more people of color. Okay. I'm not opposed to knowing people of color. I know people of color. When I meet them and I'm surrounded by them, I'm okay. I like them. I get along. So, and I do that with anyone that comes into my circle of life. But okay, number one, I I got you. Get to know more people of color. Number two, I can call a friend of color this week to discuss the current state of protest and upheaval. Now that sounds like fun. Hey, friend of color, let's discuss the state of protest and upheaval. Number three, I can join a diversity committee. If there isn't one, I can start one. Yeah, that's a good idea. Man, do I want to do that. Join a diversity committee, let alone start one. That's a good idea. Number four, talk to your kids about race. Okay, you mean like I already have? You mean like real life talk with your children? Huh. Number five, I could mentor a person of color. Hello, person of color. Let me be your mentor. Oh my gosh. Number six. Look, if someone is at your workplace and they and it's a mentoring program, What the hell does it matter what color they are? They're at your workplace and they're there to do the job. Number six, I can encourage objective selection processes. Oh, okay. Do you mean that you're saying that people of color end up getting the short end of the stick? Because often unconscious bias encourages decision makers to prefer one candidate over another. Huh. 
That's what I call the hiring process. Who is best for the company or the job that I'm looking to fill? I'm sorry. I'll need to encourage objective selection processes. Number seven, don't work for companies that aren't diverse. Ha, huh. okay, no problem. I won't work at the job I'm hired at. There's not enough diversity here, so I shouldn't start a diversity program or I should because I'm already there. I'm confused. Number eight, insist on diversity on leadership teams. Oh, okay. All right, you guys, that team over there, you don't have enough people of color. Bill, come here. You're my new person of color mentor. You're on this team. I can't. And this is exactly what companies are doing. Microsoft, we talked about Microsoft. And ah! all these companies are doing, they're making, they're going out of their way to train. And it's going to cost them a fortune because people haven't taken it upon themselves. If you haven't taken it upon yourself with a personal responsibility to make yourself better and part of the leadership teams at your office, it's your fault, not the company's. Number nine, challenge your own stereotypical beliefs. Okay, I'll challenge them. What are they? Would you tell me, please? Because I'm sure you would. And number 10, I can speak up publicly. Microaggressions and inequities are pervasive in the workplace. Are they? Are they? So it's important for white people to speak up when they happen. Okay. <laughs> so those are the 10 things I can do as a white person. That is great. I want to promote racial justice in the workplace. And those are just 10 things that I can do to promote racial justice in the workplace. Man, I'm going to get right to work on those. Thanks for listening today. I've got to go now and work on my promotion of racial justice in the workplace. Oh, and at home. Oh, 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 o